0: So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Arda. And this, the actually the, the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the Universe, Christ the King. Good morning listeners and thank you indeed for joining myself and also Shane Ambrose and this the 22nd the twenty second of November, yeah. My name is John Keely as I said and helping to present the programme this morning again, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you Shane.
1: Good morning, John. How are we keeping?
0: Good. The last Sunday of the liturgical year. Wow. Where is that yes. going?
1: Yeah, Kind of come around, yes. It's Feast of
0: mm. But we want to welcome, especially and as usual, our listeners. Our listeners, first of all, listeners who listen to us each Sunday morning and each Sunday night at 11pm. Uh, some people might be lonely, struggling, especially these days, can't get out a little bit browned off for these COVID restrictions these days. But we'll remember you in our prayers uh, and we'll all remember each other in our prayer and support us as best we can. Maybe the odd phone call it here and there to neighbours wouldn't do any harm these days. But just a reminder, our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 at 10am one, at and 11pm each Sunday. And podcast of this programme and anything else that we've produced here on See Inspirations is available for playback and download. And come and see inspirations podcast page. That's our Common and see inspirations podcast page, which can be accessed just by Googling Common and see inspirations. If you're on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, any, or other platforms, you can also catch up with us there. Um, you can contact us, and please do, by texting us on 087 6088 That's 087 6088 667, or email come, in, come and see inspirations at gmail.com. And just a reminder again: at ten a.m., um, program each Sunday morning. Uh, the first part of that uh, is taken up where we broadcast mass live from Abbeyfield Parish, and we thank Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield Parish for allowing us to share that. Just before I forget I just want to share one um, one notice as well that, um, that 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 the rosary is is uh, is prayed each um, each each weekday here on West Limit 102 11, and 11 a.m. after the 11 a.m. news, and that's Monday to Friday. So that's the rosary is played with Dana and Father Kevin Scannon. So at this point of the programme, we'll invite Shane again to share some saints for the week with us. Thanks, Shane.
1: Thanks, John. So as you said, today is the feast day of the of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, or Christ the King as it's known, uh, and which is rega- regarded as a solemnity. And we draw to the end of the current liturgical year, for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week two, and it's the 34th week in Ordinary Time. Monday, the 23rd of November, is the feast day of St Columban, otherwise known as Columbanus. Irish, Irish saint, born around 543 AD, uh, associated with Bangor, where he became a monk, and he was a teacher there, and then he would be wanted to become a Pellegrino as Christus, which is a pilgrim for Christ. And he set out with 12 companions, went to France for a number of years, and established a monastery at Luxiel. Uh, was driven out of France due to disputes with the local bishop and the local nobility, wandered a bit across Europe, including to Austria, and then, of course, ended up in Italy at Genoa and the great foundation of Bobbio, where he died in 615. And he's one—he's regarded as one of the great Irish missionary monks. Tuesday, the 24th of November, is the feast day of the Vietnamese um, uh, martyrs, Saint Andrew Lac and Companions. Martyrs of the 17th, 18th and 19th centuries in Vietnam, And they were canonised by John Paul II in 1988, and there's 117 of them. There was a film there a number of years ago, and the name of it escapes me, uh, about, actually, the martyrdom of the Jesuit um, uh, martyrs in Vietnam. And if I think of the name of the programme, before the end of the programme, I'll come back to it. Wednesday the 25th, there are three saints listed in the Ordo. One is St Catherine, that's St Catherine of Alexandria. Famous saint died in 310. Buried, her body is venerated at the at the monastery up at the foot of Mount Sinai, which is actually called St. Catherine's Monastery. We also remember on the Irish calendar St. Clement. He was one of the popes, the third successor of St. Peter as bishop of Rome. Now, actually, on the international calendar, St. Clement is feast day is celebrated on the 23rd, but because that in Ireland is the feast day of St. Columban, we celebrate St. Clement on the 25th. Third successor of Saint Peter in Rome, his letter to the Corinthians called for peace and harmony. He was exiled, and his, his his martyrdom was actually by drowning. So the symbol that's associated with Saint Clement is an anchor. One of the Irish connections with Saint Clement is actually the Basilica of Saint Clemente in Rome, where he is reputed, where he is buried, and where his relics are held. And the Dominicans, the Irish Dominicans, hold the custody of Saint Clemente in Rome, and they have done so, I think, for about 300, 400 years. Uh, on the Irish calendar, it also happens to be the feast day of Saint Colman, Saint associated with West Cork, and of course very much associated. That's the whom whom the Diocese of Cloyne is dedicated, including the cathedral at Cloyne. Thursday, the twenty-sixth. Now, this one I had to go rooting around for a few, John. So I came up with Blessed Marmaduke Bose. Isn't that an interesting name? I love it, Marmaduke. Anyway, Marmaduke is he died in fifteen eighty-five. He's one of the English martyrs and he was hanged for sheltering a priest. The 27th of November is the feast day of St. Fergal on the Irish calendar. Fergal very much associated with France and then Bavaria where he founded the Monastery of Chimisi. He was appointed the Bishop of Salzburg and died in 784. And there are still statues to this Irish saint in the city of Salzburg to this day. Finally, Saturday, the 28th of November, the last Saturday of the liturgical year, is the feast day of Catherine Labore, the seer of the Miraculous Medal, associated, of course, with the Rue de Bac in Paris, where she is entombed. And actually, she is one of the incorruptibles of the Irish of the Catholic Church. When her body was exhumed during the process of canonization, it was found not to have decayed. Associated, of course, with having seen the vision of Our Lady Probo and setting out the creation, of course, the Miraculous Medal. Uh, famous, uh, which uh, which uh, it ha- oh, she's had the vi- the, um, the apparition in 1830, and then uh, it has been spread throughout the world by the sisters the Sisters of Charity founded by Saint Vincent de Paul, and she died in 1876. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the liturgical odds and ends for this week. And next Sunday, of course, is the first Sunday of Advent. It's the change in the liturgical year. And for those of us that are following the scriptural changeover next year, for the liturgical year next year, we switch to the Gospel of Mark for the coming 12 months. So that's what we have, John. Okay, and I think
0: that'll keep us going. Thank you very much, Nick, for that. Just one notice that I would uh, just one more notice that I want to bring to people's attention. I met somebody actually during the week from uh, Giannica, and I'd just like you to listen to an interview that I conducted there early on during the week. So today I'd like to welcome uh, Mary Kenny from Giannica Limerick Outreach who will briefly share with us about the work of Giannica and tell us about a few local events coming up on Saturday, the 5th of December. So good morning, Mary. You're welcome to our programme.
2: Good morning, John. Thank you for having me on. It's great to be here.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. So first of all, Mary, who are GiannaCare Limerick Outreach? And
2: what, what do you do? What do they do? Well, firstly, um, GiannaCare um, is a non-profit organisation that is 100% committed um, to providing compassion and support and information to anyone facing um, an unplanned pregnancy. Services include... Um, telephone support pregnancy testing, ultrasound scanning, um, practical and emotional support and financial assistance. At Gianna Care Limerick Outreach we have trained client support workers to work with um, anyone who um, comes to us with an unplanned pregnancy and we are prepared to support them practically and emotionally. That's what we do here at Gianna Care Limerick Outreach.
0: Thanks for that. Now you've got some local events organised. Can you share with us
2: what, yeah, what yeah, I can, of course, and it's 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 great to be able to organise these events, even in times such as these. And um, we've organised four local events, and um, for Saturday, the fifth of December, and we will be in the public car park beside the train station and the Dare Heritage Centre car park, um from eleven to twelve thirty, and then from one thirty to three, we will be in. The comu- we we will be outside the community centre in Chrome and outside Clippers Cuts in Carcanish. Okay, that's great. So, if you want me to repeat any of that, yes, I please. Can. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we will be in. We will be from eleven to twelve thirty. We will be in the public car park beside the train station and a Dare Heritage Centre car park, and then from one thirty to three. We will be outside the community centre in Chrome and outside Clippers Cuts in Carc and Lish. Um, items we need most really include size 1 and 2 nappies, um, baby wipes, nappy cream, uh, baby boy and girl clothing, um, cellular blankets and Moses baskets.
0: Really, that's great. Now, there might be somebody listening. I know we really have a brief time at the moment, but there might be somebody listening who might want to contact... Giannica, let Outreach. Have we got some contact details, please?
2: Absolutely, and I just want to say as well, John, that like if there's anyone listening that's facing an unplanned pregnancy, and um, there's just to know that they're not alone, and that we have twenty four seven telephone support, um, and our number is eighteen hundred one 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 four one, or alternatively, you can email giannacare Limerick Outreach at the at Giannacare Limerick at gmail dot com.
0: And just again, just a spell that uh, just in case people mightn't be aware. Yeah. G I A N N A C A R E Limerick at Gmail.com.
2: That's it. And John, I'm just going to repeat the number. Um 1800 111 141 so if anyone's listening, that's in a non-planned pregnancy, you are not alone, and there is help available.
0: Mary Kenny, thanks a lot for Just sharing that information with us.
2: Thank you very much, John. T- thank you for having me
0: on. So, well, thanks again to for Mary Kenny for sharing that information with us. And now it's time for us to go to our spiritual communion prayer. Of course, the best way to receive Jesus is at Holy, is at Holy Mass. Is when we can get to Mass. But if you can't get to Mass, you can still reach out to Jesus by making a spiritual communion prayer. And this is it. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. As Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now, just before I go for the first bit of music, just, just to let people know, uh, in Part 2 of the programme we have a sister Dolores Brophy, Um, who's going to share some thoughts with us on grief and loss. This being the last Sunday in uh, November that we get a chance to do that. So now we'll go for our first bit of music. It's sung by Daniel O'Donnell and this one is entitled I Watch the Sunrise. So join us again in part two.
3: I watch the sunrise Lighting the sky casting its shadows me and on this morning, bright though it be, I feel those shadows. Oh, I feel your brightness near
2: me.
0: So welcome back again to the second part of Second Space 102FM, a Come and See Inspirations production, being produced here at our Come and See studio here in Ada. So today we welcome on to our programme, Sister Dolores Brophy, a sister of mercy from Mallow, who is a member of the North Cork Bethany Bereavement Support Group. So we ask Sister Dolores to, to join us and share with our listeners some thoughts and reflections around grief and loss. So welcome to the programme, Sister Dolores.
4: So thank you very much, John, for inviting me to speak with you today on the topic of the grieving journey during this month of November, when we remember in a special way our loved ones who have gone before us to their eternal reward. Many of us have attended online special memorial masses and memorial services for your loved ones. So today, instead of doing that, I've decided to look at some ways that we can support each other when we are grieving. When we are bereaved by any loss, we are touched by grief. When we are by loss, we're touched so much by grief." Actually, you might be wondering how I got into this kind of work. It really was through my life experience, the experience that I had through education, through being in a teacher, and where I met, where I had a little girl in my class who died. Uh, maybe through true management then, after teaching I went into the area of managing a center. So, there too, I met many people that had, that were bereaved. Some had living losses, maybe like addictions, or, you know, other other kinds of losses. Then, um, I trained as a spiritual director in Manresa, with the Jesuits. So there, again in that work, I noticed that a lot of people were, that were coming to chat with me, had been grieved and had suffered from many losses, so in all walks of life, there is not one of us that has had some that didn't have some kind of a loss or a grief in our lives, be it a, a loss uh, by death or a living loss
0: And so sister denois, I suppose one might ask, how do we usually navigate or make a way through any loss?
4: Now most of us get through with the support of our family and friends. They listen to us talking about how we feel about our loved one, while they are also grieving in a different way. The families, That family support we call a level one bereavement support, and most of us don't need any other support. We kind of get through our grief by talking to our friends and talking to our family. But many people don't realise that there is, there is between the counselling and the family, there's another a level of support and it's a level two support it's a listening service and I'm a member of of Bethany Bereavement Support Group which is a listening service it's a service where people come and tell their story over and over again they tell us about how they feel and about how they're they're, they just feel that everything is just so changed and that they're they could be deep in their grief And they just want to talk about how they are. And sometimes people come before us and they don't have any word. But we sometimes just nudge just by our presence and by creating a safe place, a person can start talking. And then there is the after the yeah, sometimes then when we feel that a person may need further support, we signpost them to other groups, say somebody um, died by suicide, we'd send them to Peter House or different, you know, different. But depending on the loss that they had, whether it was a tragic loss through violence or whatever, we'd be directing them to uh, another service. But sometimes they like to stay with us because somehow they get a comfort in the listening, and that's all they want—just some person to listen to them. And that part of our service is really such a, a wonderful. It's a wonderful practice to listen to somebody, to really listen.
0: Thanks for that, Sister <laughs> Sisters Lois. Tell me, how, how can we help members of our families or, or our friends to mourn a loss when we're all grieving for the same person?
4: Yes, um, it, that's important because people in the household have lost the same person, but it's really not the same person. Um, the relationship to the person is not the same for each one. Um, each, say, for example, uh, in a family, there could be two sisters who had a different relationship with a father who died or there are brothers there in the family. And they are also grieving. Some of them might not be able to even speak about the loss. Or some are, are crying. Some are not able to cry. Some love going to the cemetery. Others don't. But I think it's so important if we can just to accept each member as they are that each one has a different way of grieving. So I think the real main thing is to listen to people how they are and don't be telling them how they should be. So I have a lovely piece on listening that I'd love to share with our listeners, because to me and to all of us in, be- in the Bethany Bereavement Support Group, that that um, act of listening is such, it's such um, a gift to so many people. And they tell us that too. When I ask you to listen to me, and you start giving advice, you have not done what I asked. When I ask you to listen to me, and you begin to tell me, why I shouldn't feel the way you... do that way, you are trampling on my feelings. When I ask you to listen to me, and you feel you have to do something to solve my problem, you have failed me, strange as it may seem. Listen. All I asked was that you listen, not talk or do, just hear me. Perhaps that's why prayer works sometimes for some people because God is mute and he doesn't give advice or try to fix things. He just listens and lets the work, lets you work it out for yourself. So please listen and just hear me. And if you want to talk, wait a minute for your turn and I'll listen to you. End of quote. So, uh, there are important things then to, t- to hold in mind when we're listening and to, re- and to, as I said, that each person grieves in a different way. And also, there is no wrong or right way to grieve. So, what we could do is let the person tell his or her story and refa- refrain from intruding, interrupting. Avoid problem-solving or trying to give advice. And respect the uniqueness of the other person's story. You have a different story about your dad or whoever has died than your brother. Use attentive listening skills. That's where you could echo back some words and feelings. And then acknowledge that sharing is an act of trust. And express in those who who share their story, to express gratitude. In In families, we all grieve in different ways for a loved one, because we all had a different relationship with the dead person. Our emotions are sharpened and we can be overcome by sadness and loss. Maybe some family members can talk about their emotions while others can't. Some seem to be coping better than others with their loss. Just be respectfully aware of that.
0: And I suppose the next thing maybe one might think about is what emotions may arise when grieving?
4: Yeah, that's an important question, John. In the past, more so than nowadays, we talked about the different stages of grief based on the work of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She wrote about the stages of dying in her book, Death and Dying. And she noticed similar stages too when when she was looking at grieving. And the five stages are Denial, shock and disbelief, anger, that someone we love is no longer there. Bargaining, all, all the what's ifs and regrets, that's a, that's a big part of it. Depression a sadness and the loss, and then finally acceptance of the loss. So, uh, sometimes there is, there is such a thing as what we call continuing bonds. And when we lose a loved one, we like to, to keep connection with them. We may find ourselves going to the graveyard to visit the deceased grave, and it can be good to go with other members of your family, if, provided they they too, it's helpful to them. You might like to return to places that were loved by your loved one. You might like to go on holidays with, to the very same places that they, they walked on. And Visiting the grave can be helpful, or uh, unhelpful for some members in processing, the acceptance of the reality of the loss, and that's one of the first things we have to, to ex- really accept that a person has died and is no longer with us.
0: Thanks, Sisters, and do um, you think of someone else? You've been involved with the Bethany Bereavement Support Service for some time. Can you tell me more about your service?
4: Thanks, John. You were involved. Um, Bethany Bereavement Support is a national service for bereaved adults and it's a national, there are about 76 bereavement groups throughout Ireland and also some in Northern Ireland. Now, service offers a safe, free, supportive place or a space to journey through your grief at a level two listening bereavement service. And at the moment, this, this is being done by telephone and maybe I'll just give out the telephone now and it's 086 391 8751. 86 And we've also got a website, and it's ie. Now, if you go to the Mallow Faze Facebook page, you could you can get those details so if you can't remember them. Now, um, we're working on Zoom calls for those uh, who met so who wish for that method of engagement with, with the service. And it's important to say here that you will not be given a volunteer known to you so that you will be completely at ease to share. And also with our with the present COVID-19 situation, you could also access from the website, any group in the country. In some groups, it may have Zoom too. So you would actually... Um, Look up the website to find it. Now, as a member of the CORP Bethany Bereavement Support Group, and with I there are nine other volunteers with me, and I just want to greet them and thank them for their just brilliant service to to bereaved people in the area. Now and I just want to say to my to our listeners that as a Bethany, as persons, as bereaved persons ourselves, we're all bereaved. We all had to work. All the Bethany members worked through through our pain, the pain and loss of our grief. So we know what it means to be to have lost to loved one, or to have maybe to have a living loss. Too, some of us have to live with those living losses. Uh, but we can be seldom prepared for loss when it really comes. Usually, comes as a shock. And also in life, we small every every day. We have small little losses that have accumulated and um, maybe we don't get a chance to deal with them but sometimes they trigger an old grief maybe an unresolved loss that has been passed down from generations we are going to take a little break now and hope that you will find some comfort and support by listening to Monica Brown's singing Healing is Your Touch
5: your touch, O God, renew the spirit of the? Lord.
0: So thanks again for, for that piece of music uh, that you shared with us uh, um, Sister loris Dolores. Um, just thinking what that piece of music was on, would you have any, have any uh, experience of grieving that you yourself would want to share with, with, with our listeners?
4: Yes, well, the usual way, in my grief, my grieving, I usually um, grieve through the dual process of grieving, which would be a back and forth, back and forth. You know, I'd be looking at uh, dealing with the loss, and then maybe attending to uh, the day's work or whatever it was calling, and also I I, I like the um, meaning making. Try to make meaning of of maybe how say looking at somebody who was dying of cancer, just like my father and my brother, just looking and just trying to make some meaning out of it. And I suppose you know um, in the in the work in, in Bethany then i the meaning I would put to it was that I'd be more it would get me in touch more with the losses around associated with cancer, but there was another another just the latest um, I was just struck by grief there last week and that, when I was preparing for this program it was I was thinking my father his father was dead when he was born, my grandmother was left with a farm and three other children and a newborn baby and I just you know, I just looked at that, and how that loss has affected my father, and the whole family, my grandmother, and how that too, I suppose, that generation and loss, is is kind of really struck me, and even brought tears to my eyes. Um, I was grieving for the grandfather I had never met. I suppose, I was, and I was really in my own grief. It was grieving, it's my grief that I hadn't, I had lost out on a grandfather. My other grandfather had died also. So, um, yeah, I was so close to my grandmother. And then I, I really felt, I felt the pain that she must have felt as she tried to make a living out of the farm and bring up her children. So that's what I would describe as kind of a generational loss. And there are other losses then that maybe people never talk about. There are some secrets that might appear to when a person dies, and that can be very, very painful. So just to be very tender uh, to that experience and, and be compassionate towards yourself.
0: And Sister Joyce, at this, at this point in time, when we're, we're all going through this COVID times and pandemic times, can you say anything to us about COVID-19 grief?
4: Well, that is a very big factor here. Uh, now, everything has changed and the whole thing, I suppose, our grieving, something that takes time, grieving is rushed. But this has been sprung upon us so fast that we just didn't know how to deal with it. And there was huge fear in the beginning. At least I felt that during the first lockdown. And in order to survive it, I really decided I was going, together with my mentor, I was decided that I would... That's a routine for the day, some kind of a routine. And I find myself going very much inward, and um, taking books off the shelf that I hadn't used before. A lot of them connected with Contemplative Living, and um, the monks of Lago. So, and prayer became more important to me in, in, in this. I had more time, I have the diary was, you know, there were things in the diary that didn't that didn't need my attention anymore, so um that was one way i I coped with it but in families um people lost their jobs they apart from the the grief the sickness and everything people lost their jobs they that caused different uh, dynamic in the family when people were around all day every day um children were at home from school and they had to be dealt with and taught huge losses. So, we saw shops closed and business is gone. Um, I suppose, one of the thing, because I'm in this this, um, area of uh, befriending people during grief time, I decided, I I know a lot of people couldn't look at the screens, when the two programs about the, the situation in St. James's Hospital were redid. And they couldn't bear to look at it, but I felt I just needed to look at it, just to experience the loss and the grief of people dying uh, without their families, being present, and not only that, people were buried without their families. So in order to do that, to be there for people who who have had these COVID losses, um, it was good for me to do that. We're all feeling that grief and that sadness. It's, and we call it, it's just kind of a collective grief. It's um, that we're all, you know, we're, we're minding ourselves, and we're in a kind of an emergency mode, and we're just minding ourselves. And we're, we're, as we have to remember, to wear our masks, and as we go shopping. There's a loss of freedom. We can't do the things we liked doing before Covid loss. And also, there's the whole area of the loss of good health loss of smell, the loss of energy, we have heard it, so many times, on about it, but, um, So, the huge losses, huge, many more, more, many more losses that I, you know, other than I have talked about. And also, I just want in that area then, um, when tragic losses come to an area, um, we have, we have been in touch with our TV screens, and maybe we're not living too far from, where a tragic, uh, incident happened, and that too puts people into a kind of a a collective grief mode. And people are shocked; they don't know what to say. There, there is a, a sadness, a depression, something that just can't be described. And I suppose COVID nineteen then has that effect as well. We're going around, and we're, you know, even though we can and we connect. <laughs> I suppose the good thing about it is we connect with a lot of people that maybe we didn't connect with before. But, um, yeah, it's endless, really. There are lots of good things that happened, of course, during COVID. But um, we leave that aside now for today. As, as I know, John, we we'll have to mind our time.
0: So, I suppose, finally, Sister Dolores, um, can you talk to us about making choices around losses?
4: Yes, I suppose one of the things I was doing during lockdown, too, I was reading two books. One was The Choice by Edith Eager, and the other was Victor Franklin's uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And um, people wondered how he could stay with those books, um, especially with Eager, as she she wrote about her experience of the Holocaust and, and in, in Auschwitz. But now she has made a choice. She has another book written, and the name of the book is The Choice. And it's what she's doing with her experiences. She's, she has chosen to to be um a psychiatrist and she's helping others out of the losses. So I suppose coming from the experience of it all, she has so much to give. And uh, yeah. Rather than, than let her painful past destroy her, she chose to transform her pain into a powerful gift one she uses to help others to heal. We can't choose what happens to us in life, but we can choose how we respond. And as we're coming near the end, and we'll be listening to a lovely reflection after I, I'm finished, um, I'd just like to say a prayer, and it's, it's our Bethany prayer, uh, prayer in time of grievement. And just to say, if you wanted to access that prayer, it's on the Mallow website. Lord, you are close to the brokenhearted. Be with me now in my grief and loneliness. Give me the courage to face my loss and not to grieve in silence. Be with me as I struggle with many different and painful feelings. Ease the heart in my heart. Encircle me in your love. Help me to believe that one day I will no longer have this deep sorrow. May I find comfort in sharing my grief with those who understand the strong bonds of love. Stay with me. Lord, support me help me to know that your power is at work within me as i deal with
0: my grief amen thank you so much indeed for for sharing that prayer and also for sharing that reflection with us mr delois you might be able to to again give us those contact details again so first of all maybe the phone number for your own group please 086
4: 391 8751
0: i think you i think you you also mentioned there was a website
4: Yes, uh, www.bessany.ie. And, and you get the context of all the groups in Ireland there. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, during COVID times, you can access any one of them.
0: Sister Lawrence, thanks a lot again for coming in and taking time out to share those thoughts and reflections with us because, as I said earlier, a lot of us maybe would have needed, well, certainly would have needed those, especially in these particular times. So, as we close you're going to invite us to listen to something. Can you introduce the next piece? Yes,
4: just before I introduce it, I want to just thank thank our listeners for bearing with me because I know it was a very difficult topic. And um, I just want to thank you. And it was just lovely being with you. Uh, So now I'm inviting you to listen to A Beautiful Reflection by Father Miles O'Reilly. He's the spiritual director of our Bethany Greek bereavement group and he's inviting, making, inviting us to choose which way we, we will live with our grief. Of course, we have to be ready to choose and how we want to respond to our losses. Thank you for listening to me again. God bless.
6: When you have shed every tear you can shed, felt every feeling you can feel, raged and mourned and longed and wished it was otherwise. A choice will gradually present itself to you. You can shed tears that your loved one has gone, or you can smile because he or she has lived You can close your eyes and pray that your loved one will come back, or you can open your eyes and see all they have left. Your heart can be empty because you can't see them, or you can be full of the love you shared. You can turn your back on tomorrow and live yesterday, or you can be happy for tomorrow because of yesterday. You can remember them only that they are gone, or you can cherish their memory and let it live on. You can cry and close your mind be empty and turn your back. Or you can do what they want, smile, open your eyes, love, and move on. We are not saying that it's going to be easy. Nothing can make up for the absence of someone whom you love and it would be wrong to try and find a substitute. We must simply hold on and see it through. That sounds very hard at first, but at the same time, it is a great consolation for the gap as long as it remains unfilled preserves the bonds between us. It is nonsense to say that God will fill that gap. God doesn't fill it, but on the contrary, keeps it empty, and so helps us to keep alive our former communion with each other, even at the cost of pain. We can't choose what happens to us in life, but we can choose how we will respond.
0: So welcome back again to the third part of our programme here on Sacred Space One and Two FM. My name is John Keely. Still joined by Shane Ambrose, and thanks again to Sister Dolores for sharing those thoughts and reflections for us on grief and loss. So now it's time for us to read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel for the last Sunday of the year, of course. And before that, we read. We 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 ask Shane to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane.
1: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for that, Jen. So the Gospel for today, Feast of Christ the King, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the son of man comes in his glory, escorted by all the angels, then he will take his seat on his throne of glory. All the nations will be assembled before him and he will separate men one from another as the sheep as a shepherd separates sheep from goats he placed the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left then the king will say to those on his right hand come you whom my father has blessed take for your heritage the kingdom prepared for you since the foundation of the world for i was hungry and you gave me food i was thirsty and you gave me drink i was a stranger and you made me welcome naked and you clothed me sick And you visited me in prison, and you came to see me. Then the virtuous will say to him, in reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger, and make you welcome, naked, and clothed you, sick, or in prison, and go to see you? And the king will answer, I tell you solemnly, insofar as you did this to one of the least of the brothers of mine, you did it to me. Next it will say to those on his left hand, Go away from me, with your curse upon you. To the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you never gave me food. I was thirsty, and you never gave me anything to drink. I was a stranger, and you never made me welcome. Naked, and you never clothed me. Sick, and in prison, and you never visited me. Then it will be their turn to ask, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, a stranger or naked, sick or in prison, and did not come to help? Then he will answer them, I tell you solemnly, insofar as you neglected to do this from one of the least of these, you neglected to do it to me. And then they will go away to eternal damn punishment and the virtues to eternal life. So that's the gospel for today. Shame we've just got about five minutes or so. I know you want to do more, but that's what we got.
1: Mm. All right, John. Um, so as we said at the top of the programme, today, of course, is the feast day of the Solemnity of Christ the King. Now, actually, the Feast of Christ the King, it's a relatively new feast. Um, it was only instituted in 1925 by Pope Pius XI uh, under, in his encyclical, Quas Primus, which was dealing with some of the aftermath, of course, of the First World War, and where he was trying to remind people that... You know, you know, in the First World War, you had a situation where you had the collapse of, you know, like the Romanovs, the Hohenzolls, the Osmonds, and Turkey, and all the rest of it. And he was trying to make the point that Christ's kingdom will have no end, and it's the kingdom not of dominion and war, but that of of loving service. And it's um, it's a gospel, I suppose, looking at it this Sunday, which reminds us of what that entails. And it's in one sense, I suppose, the, the, the gospel that's put before us for the last Sunday of the year, it's one which is a reminder to us, I suppose. Um, it's uh, a one that um, reminds us that at the end, when things are kind of weighed up and looked at and we're asked to give an account for our stewardship in our lives, it is the simple things that we'll be asked to account for. Um, in one respect, you know, I suppose sometimes we get caught up Or we can get caught up in, you know, rituals and rules and liturgy and all the rest of it. But in the end, all that Christ asked for is rather the simple things. You know, um, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Um, I was a stranger and you made me welcome naked and you clothed me sick and you visited me in prison and you came to see me. Now, for those of you that remember your old catechism, of course, you'll recognize those as the corporal's works of mercy. And again, it's just that whole idea of, in some respects, and echoes actually something that Pope Benedict XVI used to talk about, where he said the the Christian faith is not a a set of rules and regulations and a whole bunch of no's. It's about an intimate relationship with Christ, which calls for love of neighbor. And before us in this Sunday's Gospel, Matthew presents a very clear and simple uh, examples of what that would actually entail. And I suppose the question for us, I suppose, is when we look at it, is how well do we live up to that call? You know, the call to be Christian in some respects, is not a simple one in the sense that it's a challenging, it's countercultural in the modern world. And in particular, in modern Ireland, it's not very appreciated at times, you could say. Um, the other side of it, of course, though, is that in one sense, this it calls for a simple approach to life. It's echoing, I suppose, the message that uh, St. Therese of Lisieux had in her great uh, story of a soul, The Little Way, echoing also, I suppose, something of the Parvello of Assisi, St. Francis, when he calls us to remember the simple things in life, in particular, lady poverty, and the reminder to us that not to so much seek out the riches in the world, and rather to look for those things that are simple, to feed the hungry, to visit the sick, to console the bereaved, to give thirsty and food to those that need that want and to welcome the stranger into our lives the question for us is as we reflect on this sunday's gospel is to ask how well do we live up to those things
0: thanks again Shane, uh, for reminding us of that message and it's a, it's a message i suppose that we all needed to hear at the end of the year and just before we start off a new liturgical year next week um, next week, of course, we start with off the, with, with the first Sunday in Advent, and to help us to prepare for, the, for Advent, we have invited Father Chris O'Donnell to join us on next week's program, and Father Chris will help us to give us some ideas uh, on how to prepare for Advent. So, until then, uh, thanks again for joining us uh, for this liturgical year, and Shane again for, thanking me for for help for helping us out with all the saints and the Celestial Guides that have competence through this Celestial year, and no doubt we'll try and meet them all again next year so I, I'm going to finish off the programme this morning with a piece of music that actually Sister Dolores suggested that maybe we go out with this week it's by James Coban and uh, this 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 one is uh, again it's entitled Time to Remember so next week for myself and Shane thank you again for joining us and join us again next week where we'll try and do it all again God bless you all now bye <laughs>
7: There's a time for remembering A time to recall The trials and the triumphs The fears and the falls There's a time to be grateful For the moment so blessed The jewels of our memory. Where love is our guest there is gold that is gleaming in a past we once knew in our tears and our laughter 'twas love brought us through. There's a road. Traveled where sunlight has kissed, that carries us onwards when loved ones are missed. There is treasure in our fields, there is treasure in our skies, there is treasure soul to the eye, for wherever we gather, in the light of God's grace, and for all whom we remember, Day. We will rest on our journey To the Lord we shall pray May we thank God for blessings For the moments we've shared As we seek for tomorrow Close by us you'll stay There is treasure in our fields, there is treasure in our skies, there is treasure.